0: Today we are talking about understanding, uh, really understanding the patterns that are going on in your marriage if you are married um, and how you've inherited those and how you may want to become consciously aware of them so that you can choose what you would like to pass along to the next generation and where you want to say the buck stops here with me. listening to The Parenting Junkie Show, the place to go to love parenting and to parent from love. I'm your host, Avital. Hello, welcome back. January 2020, we're still looking at you. I know that arbitrary numbers and random date changes and you know, new beginnings in that way are not necessarily the most meaningful thing. I don't always give it so much weight or importance. However, it's still exciting to be at the beginning of a new decade and there are so many new juicy ideas and truth bombs that I want us to drop here together. So thank you so very much for, jo- for tuning in and joining me as we embark on this next decade of blissful family life together. Now, before I go any further, I know it's not super pleasant to listen to me right now. I am recording this from Israel, so I don't have my usual studio set up. I'm here visiting family, we're here for the holiday season, so at the time that I'm recording this, I'm still here in Israel, and you're probably hearing it when I'm already back home on the East Coast, but we are having an absolutely wonderful time. However, I am very hoarse and really carrying kind of a nasty winter cold, so I'm sorry if it sounds unpleasant to listen. However, I'm going to make this episode extra worth your while to tune into, so I hope you'll stay with me. Now, this is kind of like a prequel, if you like, to the previous episode where we really cast a big vision, kind of a manifesto for what marriage or partnership could be. And just FYI, I use the words marriage and partnership kind of interchangeably. It doesn't matter, it could be a same-sex marriage, it could be a partnership. Um, The point is just you know, two people living together. And in our case, we're talking particularly about two parents who have children together or separately blended families, whatever the configuration is for you. The point is a couple, right? Who are somehow serving as the leaders of their family uh, together. So if this doesn't relate to you, that's absolutely fine. But if it does, I hope that I am going to help you to unearth and notice some really powerful truths about marriage and about what we have and haven't inherited from our parents so that we can become very clearly aware of what we want to pass on to the next generation. So what I want to just kind of, you know, cast this picture here as understanding that What we saw in our parents' relationship, whatever that was, right, maybe they had a relationship, maybe they didn't, maybe by the time we were born or by the time we were consciously creating memories, they were no longer together, maybe it was a volatile or even violent or abusive relationship or just a cold one. Maybe it was, uh, you know, loyal or there was no fidelity. Maybe it went through many different ups and downs. Maybe it was pretty picturesque in many ways, but then in other ways, not what we necessarily want to repeat. Or maybe it was really wonderful and healthy and a great example of resilience and connection and communication and all of the good things that we do want to repeat. Wherever you stand on the spectrum with regards to your parents' marriage, what I want to, or, or relationship, what I want to just ask you for a moment before we dig in here, just take a moment and ask yourself, do I want my parents' relationship? Do I want my parents' relationship? And the reason I'm suggesting that you take a moment to answer this is because. In my own you know, anecdotal surveys of people, when I ask this, the resounding answer from the vast majority seems to be a very firm no. They don't want their parents' relationship. Uh, now, I'll give you my own answer in a minute. <laughs> Hi, mom and dad, if you're listening. Um, but my answer matters very little. What really matters is your answer, right? Do you want your parents' Relationship And here's why that answer matters very, very much. The way that we get imprinted on in early childhood, the way that we subconsciously learn from our parents means that our parents relationships in those early years uh, form a, a subconscious blueprint for our future relationships. What we see, what we witness from our parents—how do they interact with each other? How do they handle money conversations? Are they affectionate? Are they respectful? Do they manage to, you know, come through conflicts stronger? Do they uh, resort to character ass- assassinations, or to uh, victimizing, to aggression, to name calling, um, to silent treatments? Do they talk trash about each other behind each other's backs? All of these different you know, modems of operating, ways of being with each other, are imprinted on our very young and impressionable minds. And they get stored as a library, if you will, kind of a toolbox of different ways that it is acceptable or is unacceptable to treat other people. And it becomes the blueprint for us to measure all of our relationships against? And I know that you know this, and I know this, none of this is very new, it's kind of like psychology 101, right? But how many of us really think very consciously about which aspects of our parents' relationships with each other and with us are infiltrating into our current relationships with our spouses, partners, and children? I think it is something that deserves very conscious uh, thought and analysis if we are to create the type of marriage that we most want. So the reason that it becomes a type of blueprint then is because unless we consciously examine it, we just are given, right, those those assumptions, those beliefs, those patterns, those words even, right, um, and we take them. And the trouble is that if that relationship wasn't healthy, and most, you know, most relationships aren't always healthy in all the different ways, um, then we might be really falling short of what we want to create with our own marriage and with our own partner. So what happens then if you are not someone who wants to repeat your parents' marriage, if you answer that question that I just answered you saying, no, I don't want their marriage, or most of it I don't want, is that if we don't address it, then we react to it. When we leave something in our subconscious mind and you knew, before I asked you this, of course, you already knew in your gut that you didn't want your parents' marriage, So what we do is we become reactive. And when we become reactive, we basically tend to do two two options, right? One is we subconsciously repeat exactly the things that we didn't want. Like we say and we feel, oh, this wasn't good. I didn't like it. It made a bad atmosphere at home. You know, I would never want to be treated the way my mom was treated, the way my dad was treated or whatever. We say that to ourselves and yet, and yet we find ourselves in exactly those patterns and we scratch our heads like, how can it be? How can it be that my husband just said this thing to me that I swore I would never accept in a man? Or how can it be that my wife just treated me in the exact way my mom always treated my dad and I was always so you know, upset about? And yet we find ourselves there because we haven't gone through the process that I'm about to outline. So that's the first reaction, is that we just kind of blindly repeat. It's, it's a mistaken reaction, it's not what we want, but it happens. Or we react in a different way. Our other reaction is that we actually reject everything about our parents' relationship. We kind of react to it by rejecting it and turning away from it. And often we go to an opposite extreme, right? So, for example, if you had a father who was a very weak character and never, you know, stood up for himself and was very much, seemed to be very controlled by your mother, then you might look for... Uh, a strong man, right? a strong partner or or something like that. It it could be a a polar opposite reaction. Um, But the the trouble that comes through there is that often we're simply going in the opposite direction. We're simply, um, we're still polarized, we're still in a place that isn't healthy, but this time it's a different kind of unhealthy. Now, of course, this is all very simplified and simplistic and humans are a lot more complicated than that. But those are the just general kind of overarching themes of what tends to happen when it's unexamined, when we don't fully understand what we do and don't want to create in our you know, in our own relationship from our parents' relationship. So when we reject our parents' marriage, we can find ourselves still in an unsatisfying relationship or still in in, in patterns that are unhealthy, but just in ones that are actually the opposite of those that we saw at home. And the trouble is here that probably there was some good and some bad, or probably the good that you're looking for in a relationship is not the polar opposite of one of the extremes that your parents went to. Now, I did promise that I would answer the question, do I want my parents' marriage? And so I'll go ahead and do so. And I want to say, you know, huge kudos and a big shout out to my parents because I think they modeled so much to me that I definitely do wish to emulate and continue to till today. I find my parents to be a really inspiring couple today who enjoy their lives together and go on adventures together and really respect each other and are at the core really good friends you know they have a great friendship and I absolutely do want to emulate that and of course just like everything else and everyone else there are some things that I'm looking to do a little bit differently in my own marriage and so if that is the case for most of us that you know there are some things we want some things we don't want or perhaps nothing there that you want you know then what can we do and why is it so important Well, let's start with the why, okay? Let's start with why this is so crucially important. Why does it matter and why is this such a core part of what we do over in the Parenting Junkie world? Why do we talk about partnership so very much? And the reason is because I just do not believe for a minute that we can leave partnership, the parents' partnership, out of the equation of the parenting. I feel strongly that what happens within our home in terms of our relationship becomes one of the biggest core elements of the curriculum that we teach our children. And I know that that might be a painful thing to hear if you are currently not happy with how things are going within your adult relationship. Um, and i have felt that in the past i have felt that my marriage wasn't modeling what i wanted for my children and it's a painful place to be in but the answer to that is not to deny it or to sweep it under the rug the answer to that is to make the changes to that relationship that you're seeking to make so that it does become a healthy um you know model for our children to emulate and to grow up with and we do download a blueprint for future relationships that they can be really happy with and healthy with, you know, creating those healthy relationships. Because our marriage, in other words, all of those little tiny interactions that we have with our partners each and every day that our children are witness to, and even those that they're not witness to, but they have an energetic hold in the home, form the curriculum of their childhood. And I refer you back to the episode that's called, I am the curriculum. We are the curriculum in terms of emotional health and, the, and these blueprints, these tools, right? I am the curriculum in terms of everything individual, right? How an individual uh, moves about the world, how an individual treats herself, her body, her money, her friends, her food, her sleep, all of that stuff, I am the curriculum. But when we want to teach interpersonal skills, how do we share? How do we take turns? How do we talk to each other? How do we express our frustrations? How do we express our gratitude? How do we sort through problems and conflicts? Then we are the curriculum. And we are the curriculum in terms of our interaction with each other. When parents come to me and say, my kids are always fighting, my kids don't know how to take turns, my kids don't know how to resolve arguments. Of course, that's part of you know every childhood's learning curve. Everybody has conflicts, it's inevitable, 100%. However, we are missing maybe 70%, 80% or 90% of our children's conflict resolution tools if they are witnessing conflicts that are going unresolved or not going, you know, not meeting good resolutions between me and my partner. If my children is are seeing me raise my voice at my partner, make snarky comments, jabbing my partner with snide remarks or making jokes at my partner's expense in front of friends and family. If they're seeing me slam doors or write nasty text messages or bicker about silly little things, um, if they're not seeing us make up and be affectionate and be warm and uh, share quality time together and be respectful and kind and um, interested in each other, then those are the tools that they are downloading and that is where they are learning. They are kind of, you know, on on the edge of their seat, lapping it all up, watching with absolute intrigue you know, and studying at this university of relationships called our marriage. They're looking with very beady eyes and noticing each and every time we are short with each other, we are unkind to each other, we, you know, don't respect each other and learning that that is an okay way to interact with others. And so of course that comes out with their siblings, with their future relationships, with their future spouses, etc. So it matters greatly that we resolve the relationship we have with our parents' marriage, that we become clear on what we do and don't want to keep from there. And that instead of rejecting it whole, you know, whole hog, throwing out the baby with the bathwater, we actually tease apart and cherry pick the very best of our parents' marriage and then find alternative solutions for the very worst. Now, um, I'm going to just outline a way of doing that. And of course, this is a deep and, you know, a long lasting process that spans many years. However, (laughs) it's helpful to think about it in terms of what steps need to happen. So I've got three, you know, kind of major steps here. And I hope that this will, you know inspire you to get that clarity um and to make those changes, but also to really seize your own relationship as the magical radical, (laughs) mystical opportunity it is to teach something that you most want your children to have, and that is emotional health and healthy relationships. There is no greater gift that we can give our children, I believe this, you know, hand on my heart, than the ability to have and maintain meaningful relationships over the span of their lives. I think it is the number one, you know, thing that we need as human beings beyond all of our survival stuff, is that sense of belonging and connection with others and the sense that we are part of a we, W-E, right? Part of a group uh, connected to someone else. Those meaningful relationships can only happen if our children know how to create them. And they will not learn how to create them or they may not learn how to create them unless we give them those skills and they learn them at home. So we have an incredible opportunity and a big responsibility to try our best to give them the best that we can in that regard. And I believe that will give them a huge, you know, kind of step up in life, a huge leap forward that they can hopefully uh, evolve past all of the frustrations and difficulties or many of them that we have struggled with for decades because they already were able to witness a more conscious relationship at home. And so they just have that, you know, that foot in the door, that up level um, that we perhaps had to struggle with over the course of many years. Okay, so the first step that I think we need in, in in order to understand, you know, our parents' marriage is to detach from it, is to look at it with external eyes, and I think one of the helpful things here is if you can talk this through with a friend or a therapist or, a, or your partner, or just doing it in your journal, is just to kind of make yourself a mental list or an actual physical list of the elements that you found or that today through adult eyes, you find healthy in your parents' marriage and those elements that you don't find healthy, that you don't want to repeat, understand what was there that, you know, what are the gems that you want to pick and continue with? And what are those aspects that you're ready to evolve onward from or that you even need to heal if they were truly, you know, deeply unhealthy, deeply toxic, perhaps. But through this process, you need to put on these detached kind of glasses where you are viewing it almost like a menu that you're choosing from rather than having this emotional involvement with it, you're actually looking at it more, as I often say, like a detective, you know, you're Sherlock holmes in this. You're looking at the marriage and saying, huh, this is a really interesting, complex puzzle. Let me see which pieces fit into my life and which do not. And as we detach from it, we can also free ourselves perhaps from the cycle of reactivity, right? Where we either repeat or reject whatever our parents did rather than actually looking at it uh, with some kind of equanimity and some kind of good judgment, you know, consciousness, a higher awareness that can really see the shining good and take it and uh, decide which of the negative elements are no longer serving. The second step is to spend a lot of time envisioning the marriage that you want, the family that you want to create. So let me ask you this, what does bliss look like? In your marriage what does it mean what would it what would it have to mean for you to have a blissful marriage and maybe you already have one what are those aspects that you want to double down on right uh, to be in a marriage where every single day you look or most days okay more often than not you look at your partner and say pinch me I am the luckiest boy or girl or whatever alive, right? I am so blessed to be in this partnership. It serves me, it heals me. It's beautiful, it's interesting, um, it's dynamic. What would need to happen in order for you to feel that way? And, And let me ask you further, who would you need to be for that to be the case? Who would you need to be to be the kind of person who is in a blissful marriage? What does that term even mean to you? I I think many resistances come up when we say blissful marriage. It's like, oh, that's too, you know, it's too aspirational. Can we even get there, (laughs) right? Well, let's not sell, sell ourselves short in our own imagination. In our own minds, we can get anywhere. We'll see what happens in reality, but all realities have to start from the ability to imagine them and envision them. If we couldn't have imagined, you know, a horse and carriage, right, a carriage, then we couldn't invent one. If we couldn't have imagined a computer, then we couldn't invent one. Imagination is the mother of invention is that some kind of famous quote it must be but do you know what i mean you have to start from the place of imagination so can you envision what that looks like who are those people who are you and your partner on in that you know alternative parallel universe where you both classify your marriage as blissful and well as you're doing this remember marriage and partnership, this is the curriculum of life for our children, right? This is that curriculum, it's the university that they are going to. How do we make it a spectacular university, a rich, meaningful, helpful university where they learn the real tools of a happy life? And this is not the Instagram highlight reel. No one needs to get a post from you on Facebook saying how incredible your husband or wife or partner is. In order for this to be fulfilled, what needs to happen is for you to experience it on an internal level, that you internally feel the meaning in your relationship and the meaning in what you're passing on to your children as well. And then Of course, we have to bring that down to a practical level. We have to actually implement it through real tools, through learning the tools of healthy communication, of healthy connection. And this is a lifelong process. I'm certainly in in the process of learning this myself day in, day out. Even as I teach these things, I'm continuously learning them, revisiting them, and trying to implement them in my own life. So how do we implement this? Well, we start to actually make genuine, small and doable and simple changes in our actions, words and thoughts on the day-to-day level. And I do have a whole entire process uh, called Parent in Love. It's a course that I sell, many of you know about it. And shout out to all my Parent in Love members, thank you so much for joining me in there. It means the world to me and I'm honored to be going on that journey with you. And inside Parent in Love is one place where we implement this on a very practical level. And where we really ask questions like, well, what if we are fighting? Should we fight in front of our kids? You know, how do we do that in a way that it's a healthy curriculum for our children, that we're not damaging them? Or does it damage them to fight in front of children? And all sorts of questions like that, where we ask, you know, how do we divide labor? How do we divide labor in a way that is conscious? How do we communicate about criticisms that we have? If being critical of someone is so toxic, then how can we say when we're dissatisfied with someone, what kind of language can we use? Those are the types of things that we uh, address in the various modules of Parent in Love. And I very, much would love to see you inside there but whether or not you join us or whether or not you're already a parent in love member this is something that we need to actually learn to implement these unfortunately are not skills that we get at school and these unfortunately are probably not skills that you got at home maybe some of them are for most of us they weren't And so whether or not it's through my courses or elsewhere, you know, there's wonderful resources, the Gottman Institute and Esther Perel and Harville Hendricks and many different books uh, uh, on the topic. But we learn the actual tools for becoming that person that we need to become in order to be the peaceful partner that we need to be and create that marriage that we most want to model for our children. I believe that our children deserve this effort on our part. I really believe that this is how we change the world, that this is how we raise children who don't have to get past these hurdles. They'll have to get past other hurdles. We can be sure of that. But these hurdles at least will have been, you know, ironed out. The kinks will have been smoothed out somewhat, right? Or at least the beginning of the kinks. It's a multi-generational process, but the beginning will have been happening already in our own marriage. We will begin that labor, that emotional labor, so that we can set them up for success, so that they can go onto their lives and say, oh, I've seen how this is done, I've seen what to do when I feel criticism arise within me, or when I feel like I'm not good enough, or when I feel like my partner isn't paying enough attention to me, or when we have tensions about money or about sex, I've seen how uh, parents can resolve issues giving our children these tools doesn't work by teaching them to them, right? We see so many programs in schools and books on the kids' bookshelves on, oh, how to solve a problem and how to take turns and how to talk to people who are different than us and how to figure out, you know, when we're fighting. And those are all lovely and great and we should continue doing them. But the truth is that the place that children learn this at their core, on the subconscious level, right? And I, I this is what I believe, is that they learn it at home and nothing will replace the work that we do on ourselves. Not on our spouse, not on our child, not on the school system, not on any of that, but on ourselves within our own home. How we're greeting our partner in the morning, how we're greeting them in the evening, how we're talking to them about various issues, Um, the tone that we take with them, the body language we we use with them, what we're doing in our very own home on a day-to-day basis is the place that our children are really learning their interpersonal skills. What more important thing could we be teaching them than putting all of our effort into becoming the most peaceful, kind, communicative, healthy, connected parents we can possibly be and creating that blissful aspect that super satisfying healthy happy joyful connected aspect within our marriage what could be more meaningful so I would love to hear from you how this episode has landed thank you so much for tuning in and for much more on this and other topics I will see you here same time same place next week